What is up, ladies and gentlemen? Welcome to the Vanguard Project. Before we jump into an awesome episode with the legend himself, Mr. Don, aka Millspec Mojo, a, uh, a few quick announcements. Uh, number one, today's episode is brought to you by Everly Stock. Everly Stock is an Idaho-based company uh, that manufactures a variety of gear, uh, ranging from technical clothing uh, for hunters uh, to some wicked awesome pieces, uh, packs primarily for military, hunting, and law enforcement personnel. Uh, one of my go-to packs for range day is actually called the half track. Uh, I love it because it's extremely versatile with its uh, front loading design uh, to the saddlebags on the side for uh, tripods and water, whatever the case may be. Uh, so if you're in the market for a new pack, be sure to check them out and uh, call Tucker at the retail store and let, uh, let them know that the Vanguard podcast sent you. Uh, they should get you hooked up and ready to go. Number two, be sure to hit up the website, uh, my website, VanguardStories.com, for other sponsored deals and uh, the store uh, for some wicked awesome merch as well. Uh, I do my best to design and release shirts and swag as much as I can, so be sure to snack some and uh, tag me in it on the gram. I'd love to see what y'all are up to. Uh, number three, and uh, I guess that being said, the gram, be sure to follow me. Uh, I love to interact with you all, and uh, it's where I keep everybody up to date on podcast releases, giveaways, and other random ass content that I hope you all enjoy. Uh, but beyond that, I'm going to stop yammering and uh, let's roll it. What is up, ladies and gentlemen? Welcome to the Vanguard Project. For those of you new to the show, my name is Austin Jardine, and uh, I'm just some dude outside of Boise, Idaho, who likes to sit down and talk to people. And uh, on the phone with me is uh, Mr. Mojo. And dude, for the first time, we're sitting down. We've been BSing for a little bit, I, I think, leading up to pressing record. But for people that are new to the show, uh, the podcast literally just, just tells stories. We get to know people, understand who they are, where they come from, what it's taken for them to get to where they're at, and uh, hopefully give you maybe a couple new tools uh, to tackle life with. Understand maybe uh, a couple different perspectives, how people got to where they're at, and uh, give you some motivation to uh, kick ass and take names. So uh, with that being said, Mr. Mojo, man, Don, we're recording. It's Tuesday. It's been a long day. You're drinking. Yeah, it is Tuesday. Oh, it I is think. Tuesday. We just <laughs> talked about this too, but it's like you just really set it in that I got to work tomorrow. Yeah, I know. I'm sorry. <laughs> I know you told me your little routine and uh, yeah. I was like, you need to, you need to educate my wife on how to do that because <laughs> her routine is like, wake up, make toast. And then next thing you know, she's like, fuck, I got to go to work. <laughs> how, how long has she been on the job now? Oh God. So she, so she was started in detention like two and a half years ago. And then she's been on patrol for a little over a year now. I think Dude, that's awesome. She's loving it every day of it. Huh? Dude. She, yeah, she freaking loves it. It's great. Oh, so, but anyways, man, to kick it off, if you don't mind for people who may not know you, which I feel is unlikely because you are a gregarious <laughs> individual. Um, who, who the fuck are you? And like I said, swearing, uh, dude, swearing. You know what? It's funny because I'm still trying to figure that out every day. But dude, you're in good company. <laughs> so uh, Don Nihilio, um, up, I'm a cop up here in Washington State. Uh, did a, a short stint about four years uh, active in the Marine Corps. Then did about a year and some change in the reserves for Six Anglico up here in Washington as well. Um, was I did like got out of the military. I'm like, I don't know what I need to do. So I did armed security at Boeing for a little bit, um, went to school, realized that I hate school and I hate the people in school. So I was like, yeah, this is not going to work. So, 
became a cop for the Department of Defense, was patrol guy there for about two years, and then lateral to my new agency up here in Washington. Um, and living the dream every day, man. It's, every day is a good day, so I can't complain. That's pretty sweet, dude. So let's just start at the beginning. Why why the Marine Corps? What what drew you into the Marine Corps? Oh, dude, I don't You know what's funny is like I remember uh man, I was too dumb for the Navy. <laughs> just straight up. Like um I think it was in high school. Like uh, I grew up a military brat. So mom and uh, dad was in the Navy and he did 22 years in the Navy. And we grew up in I went to Camp Hialeah, which is Pusan, Korea. I went to Yokota Air Force Base, Japan. Uh, lived in uh, the Philippines for a little bit and dad was just always in uniform and I was like this is kind of cool military shoot things and at the time when I was young it was like everyone in the military shoots things and blows stuff up and I'm like watching uh what is it thin red line things the old world war ii movie something like that saving private ryan black hawk down all these movies and I'm like I'm gonna join the military because I'm gonna do exactly that then <laughs> <laughs> and, and then um Came time around high school, I did the ROTC program to get ranked because they were like, hey, if you want to do the military, do the ROTC program and you'll get like an E2 or E3 with you enlist. It's like, that's smart. Why would I not do that? So I did that and I my mind was set on being uh, a corpsman, so a Navy medic. And I was like, I want to do that. So if I take that route and if I get out of the Navy, I could be a nurse or something like that. Sure. And it's like obviously stereotypical for Filipinos. Like I'm going to be a nurse. I'm going to be a doctor or something <laughs> weird. And I'm just like, all right. I went in for the ASVAB and I failed the pre-ASVAB. And so they're like, dude, you got to get your scores higher. And I'm like, dang. And then one day, I think it was um, Sergeant Smith was his name. He was a Marine Corps recruiter. He's like, hey, man, join the Marine Corps. I'm like, what are you guys? <laughs> like we're just like the men's branch of the Navy. I'm like that's kind of cool. Like, and then I think at the time I was like 16 or 17, my parents wouldn't sign. Like, I'm kind of glad I didn't do it though. But it's like, I wanted to do the infantry side of the house. And I'm like, yep. that'd be kind of cool running and gunning. But my parents were like, if you're in the Marine Corps, you're not gonna, no, you're not gonna do that at all. You're not gonna do the infantry. You're gonna pick a, a decent job. And so you could translate like to something. every and then, parent. Yeah. Yeah. Right. And I did the radio operator thing translates to nothing, <laughs> nothing outside <laughs> in the world other than talking on a radio, which I do now. So that, I guess that works out. Right. So, um, yeah, I was too dumb for it. And then I ended up failing the initial, like as a pre ASVAB for the Marine Corps did it again. And when I actually went to MEPS to actually do my full ASVAB, I scored pretty well. I had a lot of opportunities for jobs. Um, and then I was like, huh, I remember like prior to going to maps and taking the ASVAB, like, what are my options? I'm like, hey, 1371 combat engineer, that'd be kind of cool. Get to blow stuff up, route clearance. Like, that's kind of dope. Uh, radio operators is like, oh, the movies, the guy with the antenna on the, the radio dropping bombs on things. I'm like, that also looks kind of cool. So then the openings were for, like, I didn't know this at the time, but the Marine Corps is kind of weird to the extent of if you pick a job, you don't get to pick the specific job. You pick the field. And then based on the needs of the Marine Corps, they drop you into a specific job so i didn't have i never had a pick it was like i picked the field and they picked the job for me so i picked delta bravo which is communication electrician with the hopes of getting radio operator i'm like oh god bless i hope that's the case because then the engineering side i'm like i'm too dumb for any of that other shit i'm like the only thing i want to do is 1371 which is the combat engineer stuff and i'm like that's not i'm dumb and I, I, Lord behold, I picked the comm side, which is even harder. I mean, I wouldn't say it's harder, but it's different, right? And so boot camp, um, they were reading out lists of MOSs and like, hey, Mahilio, 0621, field radio operator. I'm like, yes, yes. <laughs> I was like, woo. And then had this preconceived notion of what that was, like the guy with the antenna, whatever on deployments, doing cool shit. Um, and prior to like my, my first Afghan deployment, my only Afghan deployment, 
um it was none of that <laughs> i was sitting in the tent i was sitting in a tent like flipping up these antennas like we had oe 254s which are massive antennas that would like the the stick poles and little freaking cable ties so you launch it up in the air and you have like six dudes pulling lines trying to make it straight and digging stakes in the ground and all this other crap and i'd go take a cable plug it into that thing route it to a radio put it in a tent so my company commander could like talk on the radio and i'd sit there and like with two handsets both ears and i'd sit there and monitor radios all day i'm like this is dumb i don't want to do any of this shit. i'm like this is really stupid i'm like damn and uh finally i went to uh afghan um i was decent at my job i i knew my job pretty pretty well um i knew all the workarounds so if certain didn't work i knew ways to fix it and um to that extent i was the um communications chief for alpha company first battalion second marine so it was an infantry battalion that's like prior leaving comm school that was like the hope i was like i need to get with an infantry battalion so i could actually do some cool guy shit sure on um, go out with the grunts and do stuff and and it ended up working out really well like i got to the s6 shop which marine corps has like different things like the s1 the s2 s3 like intel supply uh then like the I think uh, s6 is communication so i got at the s6 shop and they're like we have radio operators here that are attached to the battalion. And then if you get attached to a company, you'll be with an infantry company. I'm like, can I go to Alpha? So I went to Alpha Company with another buddy, Jason Teague, and we both just rocked it. And we we did pretty freaking well. And I, I got comms chief for the for the company. And with that came a lot more responsibility. Man, I was stressed out. Like they were like, they always welded into my head, like, you you fuck this up and people are gonna die. I'm like, God damn it that's not what I want I'm just trying to like <laughs> find ways to hide in my barrack room you guys are trying to hold me accountable like fuck dude like Jesus they went to Afghan um bunch of crazy shit happened there um and I got to really learn my job like it was like a no shit like you threw you into the mix yeah. and then yeah. it went from like me sitting in a tent all day with were like hey I'm going on patrols now so I'm walking with these guys in the middle of Habibabad, Afghanistan, or RC, like we were part of RCT Southwest Task Force Bellawood. So we were out of Camp Leatherneck pushing operations, like pushing patrols down south. And Charlie Company, um, those guys are badass pale horse. Uh, they were out of PB Boldak getting into some shit. Bravo Company, like Banshee, they were, those guys are doing a bunch of cool shit too. Like everyone was, that deployment one, two, like we, we did really well. I'm really proud of all those guys. Like I look back on like what we've accomplished and those fuckers were some some class a class a dudes yeah. like none no no ego. i mean obviously you have onesies and twosies with egos but all those dudes are really really eager to learn um really like welcoming to their family because it's like out of the non-infantry dudes in that company there was myself the corpsman and that was probably about it like myself and doc were the only two that were non-infantry dudes in yeah. that company and we got welcomed with open arms um and it, they were they were really quick to take care of us and uh, make sure that we didn't get ourselves fucking killed <laughs> and those dudes are like bigger brothers to me even though half the time i was like a little bit older than them sure there, sure. there was a, those dudes were like big brothers so those guys took care of me the marine corps would, taught me a lot about myself and made me really appreciate family really appreciate like the little things in life and i some shit happened overseas to the point where i got messed up pretty good and uh had to go to rehab for about a year um but when i went when i came home i really had an appreciation for family and that the quality time that you spend with the people that you love like that was huge for me man like that ma massive thing it's because it's like you don't know what you got till it's gone and like yeah. i had the flash of like it almost being gone sure like of almost getting killed on my birthday type shit so it's like man that was a whole another whole another world so i just i learned to appreciate 
everything and everybody. That's why it's like every time anyone ever sees me on the internet, I'm smiling because it's real. Like I'm smiling, man. Like I'm happy to be here. I'm yeah. so glad and so grateful. I pray to God that I'm I'm still here being able to do my thing and I'm not freaking my soul wasn't left there in Afghanistan on freaking Southern Habibabad on a freaking side of a road there freaking melted to the side of an MRAP. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> shit, bro. That was a whole like I mean, are you familiar with with, with what happened? Like nope, the, I am not. Oh, okay. So um I'll talk about myself again. I'm just kidding. <laughs> so yeah, after, uh, yeah. All right. So um June twentieth, twenty fourteen. Uh actually June nineteenth. Where there was like a big operation we're involving all the companies okay we're gonna go out south and do some shit it's like all right cool um alpha company not being the man effort we had some minute tasks and obviously commander's intent was up there so the, the commanders had or the ceo the company guns company first aren't had their and the exo had their own things and i'm just kind of like i'm just gonna make sure the radios are working i'm just here so i don't get fined so i'm like all right um we pushed out and that was like our first real taste of like oh this is this is a gunfight oh this is this is combat so we pushed out there um, and the first night we all like had a, we slept, we woke up the next morning, we started driving. And the whole point of the the, the, of the mission, I guess, to the extent was uh, um, act as a buffer between us and Camp Leatherneck as a whole. So, hey, if the enemy has intel on 15 RPGs, X amount of rounds of this much ammunition, the goal was for them to use the majority of that on, on us so they don't use it on the big base. Prior to us extricate or leaving Camp Levenek to go to like to close down the base. And so uh, we went out there. I saw the kids. I'm like, oh, their kids are running around, throwing rocks at the windows, cracking the windows, trying to get the arse to open the doors so we could chase them off. They were like jumping on the side of the MRAPs, trying to rip our stretchers off and open up the little doors to get MREs and water bottles out. And we would open, dudes would open the back doors and We'd run out to go chase the kids, and next thing you know, mom and dad are in the corner with an R- or not mom, but dad's on the corner with an RPG or some belt-fed weapon system to put rounds in the back of the truck to get them in there. So or like firing rockets, and I was like, oh shit! And first time saw an RPG it was like hit the ground, and it was like a thud. It wasn't even an explosion; it was just a thud. And I'm like, oh, it's crazy! And the guys were like, yeah, it's HEAA, dude. So if it goes, if it freaking like hits in the vehicle, it's gonna make a tiny hole and gonna try to suck everything out of the hole. I'm like, that's not scary at all <laughs> you're talking about <laughs> and um yeah the, that day that was all the 19th of june and then 20th of june i woke up we were uh about 50 50 a little bit more so meters off the road um a car decided to drive into uh our section so uh, relatively speaking our vehicles made like a diamond uh, we had truck one top left truck two top right uh truck three bottom left truck three bottom right so making like a v so we slept in the middle of that shit sure. and we would wake up and we woke up the morning of the birth my birthday and i was like oh happy birthday douchebag i'm like i fucking love you guys i don't want to be here it's like my birthday i'm here right now my 19th <laughs> birthday this is so stupid oh gosh um then uh, a car decided to follow the road the guys didn't think anything of it and the car made a 90 degree turn right started driving at us uh lance corporal land who ended up earning and awarded the bronze star ended up putting a burst of 18 um and the driver so he took his 240 took it off safe started ripping rounds into the driver killed the driver vehicle continued to roll um at this time i was in the back of the truck opened my door up expecting to like oh my god gunfight let's do it so i opened my back door and everyone else in my truck um gunner vickers who was a battalion gunner uh chief warrant officer uh lance uh, i think it's corporal harvey at the time and then lance corporal carmen was in the gun lieutenant nakarado which is our platoon commander was in the passenger seat and on the driver's seat i forgot who was there 
think Bryant was our driver. Forgot who exactly it was, but I opened the door trying to go out. And as soon as I opened the door, I saw a glimpse of the tire in the car, mm-hmm. like wedging itself. It's like the MRAP so large that the car just wedged underneath it. Sure. And the explosion went off. So I was about the distance of a six by MRAP. I don't even know what the feedage wise, but um, I've never like explosions before I've seen. It's like cool, watch movies, whatever. But that was the first in-person explosion I've seen. And it um, this car was gone. Like I never expected anything like that ever. The car was completely thrown into pieces and there was nothing left of the car other than scrap metal. Like this car was gone and their body parts, ears, uh, hair everywhere afterwards. And I got launched back in the car or in the, in the back of the MRAP. And like, I was like in shock. A lot of us were in shock. We're just like all looking at each other with our eyes wide open. Like what just happened? So I put my thing, my pinkies into my ear, blood spit into my hand, blood, um, touch my nose, bleeding. My eyes were like bloodshot red. They weren't bleeding, thankfully. Um, and it was, it was just some dumb shit, man. And yeah, long story short, there's a lot of other stuff that happened there, but yeah, that was like, I watched human beings, like buddies of mine, yeet themselves like yeet. I use the word yeet because yeah. like they literally yeeted themselves off of an MRAP from the gunner's turret off the side. So they would, all, all you hear on hitting the ground is a, a thud straight up like a thud yeah because they're wearing their armor they have their weapons and because anything to get away from the vehicle that's burning and then i saw the we got into a gunfight after that so there was a nice little gunfight burst of machine gun fire return fire and then aircraft started coming in doing their thing and saw the might of the marine corps where it was like uh second platoon made a perimeter then the rest of the headquarters company made a perimeter and then or a company first sergeant no coming on company first sergeant, company gunny uh gunner sergeant clark uh daniel clark the dude was one of my biggest mentors in the rink walked up to me. He's like, you good about Joe? I'm like, I think I'm going to be okay. I'm just, I'm in a lot of pain. And he goes he's like, good job, buddy. And he tapped me on the back of the head. And I was like, I felt like I'm good. Like, I was yeah. like, I'm good. Like I'm better. Um, immediately after that, um, we looked over to, I think it was to the East or the Northeast saw another mushroom cloud. Like, it's funny. Cause like I had pictures and I haven't really shared those pictures. Um, but I have a, a photo of a fucking, um, what is it, of an explosion. Some buddies from Second Platoon took this picture, and it was a mushroom cloud. And they're like, hey, that's you guys. And I'm like, oh, my God. It was a massive mushroom cloud. And the aircraft um, self-initiated and responded to the explosion that we were in. Um, and um, thankful for Instagram, one of the crew chiefs that was on the M134 on the side of the Huey uh, sent me a video of him flying over me. And he was like, dude, we thought you guys were dead. Like that was a massive explosion. Like I was like, holy shit. And he's like, yeah, none of us thought you guys survived that. And then all of a sudden we heard your voice and another dude's voice talking on comms, getting us to do a holding pattern. So that helicopter just stayed with us. It was, (laughs) it was so fucking cool. Like (laughs) I'm never going to forget that day, but the explosion we saw in the distance was second uh, combat engineer battalion ended up losing three that day. Um, Lance Corporal Wolf, Staff Sergeant Stewart and Lance Corporal Garibrandt and a canine handler. Um, They were driving route clearance towards us uh offset pressure plate ied uh and it blew up underneath the mrap and completely split the mrap in half and they burned alive on the inside so like it was it was a tough day that was my 19th birthday so um prior after that uh ended up getting medical examinations done and i just saw like the reasons why i hated the marine corps it was so stupid like i remember there was brigadier general Yu. he was like the commanding general of the forces in southern afghanistan i think that's what he was as title but pretty general you um, wanted to come talk to us so 
we had to like put this fucking dog and pony show on where all of us had to wear clean camis, clean our weapons, have a fresh haircut, a fresh shave after we just gone through what we just went through. Yeah. Obviously, like this is later on in Afghanistan. There are so many dudes that have been in that country and done some done the Lord's work and done amazing shit. And I'm sitting here bitching about this. Right. And those guys have done twice, three, four, five, six times of what we did. And they had to do that shit. And some people don't even bitch about it, but we were just, we were just finding a reason to bitch. And, um, all of us were just kind of like, this is stupid. Like if that was a real leader, he would have been like, Hey, I know the dog and show dog and pony show. You guys make your people do have them show up as they are. I want to talk to them as men, but no, they had us fucking brand new camis that were washed or clean, no stains from your rifle. So no black stains on the camis. And we sat there for like two hours waiting for him to show up because they wanted us there early. And then two of my buddies ended up collapsing because they had some massive injuries from that TBI. So they were sitting there standing up. They were standing up. And next thing you know, one collapse hits face first. Um, Cardoso, as I think his name, Cardoso hits face first into the ground. And then after that, the Brigadier Johnny was like, I'm leaving. Like, I, I'm sorry, guys. And he just dipped out. And then my other buddy, Lance Corporal Carmen, who was in my truck, um, he was like in our COC, or Combat Operations Center, he was throwing up in a garbage can. And they still made us sit there and fucking do some dumb shit. But, and I was like, wow, this is like that dog and pony show shit. Everyone bitches about it, but we're yet the Marine Corps still does it. And every, or every organization fucking does that. Someone special is coming. You got to clean the shop, clean everything, make sure everything looks pretty. And it's just like, come on, dude, if you're a real leader, it'd be like, Hey, I'm going to come there as you guys are not a big deal. If shit's dirty. Hey, you guys work for a living. Not the biggest thing in the world. I don't give a shit. As long as nothing's like falling off the ceilings, you know what I mean? We're good. Right. (laughs) So, um, after that, I spent the last year in the Marine Corps uh, going to medical appointments. So I was at Intrepid Spirit, which is a traumatic brain injury clinic. So I okay. got went there. My vestibular system, they said, was off. So like, I had a, a major issue with my short-term memory, my dexterity, um, a lot of like severe, like I, it's PTSD, but I don't like calling it that, I guess, to an extent. But this is like a lot of anxiety sitting in a car. Sure. I didn't like cars. Like I drive in North Carolina, cars would tail me and I'd get like really like, ang- like get jittery get kind of frightened and like sometimes i'd ball up like crawl up in a ball and start crying and shit and this is like mentally i wasn't all there and then um uh that place did some amazing work intrepid spirit which is the um, it's right next to Wounded warrior battalion and the naval hospital in camp lejeune um that place they redid my balance how to walk uh, my cognitive processing um they gave a shit they cared yep. and i was thank that was one thing i was thankful for the marine corps because they're like you're hurt, go get yourself fixed, like go. So like I had my only obligation was medical appointments. That's cool. Okay. It was awesome. So like I would, I would go to medical appointments and then do my thing, went home on leave and, um, parents saw the shift in my, like my brain and my mentality and how I was. And they're like, you came back different. I'm like, yes, I definitely did. And it's (laughs) like, can't, I mean, again, trauma is trauma, regardless of how people want to swing it, how they look at it. Like, a car accident for somebody couldn't have been as bad. It could have been as bad as me overseas or someone yelling at them could have been as bad as me going overseas. It's subjective to the individual. So I don't ever like people thinking that like my trauma is worse than yours. It's not, everyone's got trauma. You've got it. I got it in some way, shape or form to some level of extent. And one thing I always try to preach now is it's like, Hey, like if you got the dude talk about it, it's, it's, it feels really good. So if there's anyone out there listening, that's a vet or anybody that's been through some sort of trauma in their lives. Like, Hey, 
find your close friends that you confide in with and you feel comfortable around have a fucking conversation i promise you'll feel a lot better and that's something that's i've had to learn to do over the years and it's i mean i fuck i still go talk to a psychiatrist about random shit now to this day too like the va is taking care of me and i'm very grateful for that like a lot of vets get out and they're like va fucking sucks for me my experience has been pretty good so far so they've taken care of me i got appointments like once every other week talking to some psychiatrist and we just talk about random shit Yep. And he deduces some stuff, the certain things and way I say certain things or my jitteriness or my laughter to certain events. The dude's just like, why, why is it that you do that? I'm like, honestly, I don't know. I'm like, well, let's figure it out together. And yeah. I'm like, I fuck with you, dude. You're good people. You know yeah. what I mean? And so I, I always that. appreciate that. I've got my, uh, my appointment tomorrow, actually. Dude, really? <laughs> yep. Look at you, big yep. dog. Yeah, I'm, down, go, to, I'm down, to, down to once a month now. I've got, I've got a lot of tools. But uh, I got a couple questions that I was was writing down. So when uh, you'd mentioned that that when you went through, um, I guess your trauma, I don't know how we'll we'll, we'll call it your trauma. Um, Some people, some people get really defined by that. I feel right. So I I have nothing in that same vein, right? I've not been blown up. I have no military, no, no, you know, law enforcement experience. Right. So I've heard people uh, that will get caught up in that. And that defines them where they're like, they get they get so scared caught up in it the ptsd the trauma of it kind of defines and holds them up in a negative way it sounds like you were able to take that and say no i understand now why my family's so important why relationships i'm always smiling how were you able to kind of direct that that experience in a positive way it took a long i'm still learning it as we go man like I find myself losing my temper sometimes over little shit i'll get mad over certain things and so be it right but um I didn't want to see my friends get hurt again. Okay. So whether it be coworkers, family or friends. So one thing I learned about myself was like complacency. And I definitely um, took that principle and applied that to my daily life in terms of now it's like, I never allow myself or my friends or anyone else I know to get complacent in anything that they do. Um, Cause last time dudes got complacent, dudes got hurt. Okay. So um, I've taken that aspect of like what I guess I experienced and tried to push forward with that mentality, but it's, it's still a learning process, man. And I guess for the, to an extent, right. So like we take the trauma and how do we apply it into something good? It's, it's easier said than done. Um, and it's understanding of like, what did you learn from that and how can others benefit from it? Like kind mm-hmm. of like the whole principle of your, your podcast, man. It's like, we, we take all these lessons learned and our best to our best thing to do is just talk about why we are the way we are, what we learned from it. And you just hope that you'll reach one person. And then once that goal has been met, then hopefully then they'll carry that message on. Right. So sure. I never try to like to, I, I don't know, it's weird. I guess I never try to like broad statement it. And it's always like, I talk to people like at work as a, as a cop. Now I got people I, that I deal with experience, a lot of trauma, homeless people, people that have that are abusive relationships, dudes that are like suffering from PTSD of some sort. Right. And I listen to them speak and I'm like, all right, so my, my goal is obviously to try to help them rationalize things to help them um, by using my experience and just things that I've done, not being like, oh, my trauma, oh, your trauma here, here's what happened to me, bro. Mm-hmm. And then a lot, it's not like that. It's like, hey, so it's like, oh, have you ever tried looking at it in this extent? Or have you ever tried looking at it and this point of view? And they're like, huh, that makes more sense now. I'm like, yeah, because I, I mean, in the back of my head, I'm like, yeah, because I've done this. I've, I've been through it. I know what you're going through and I know how to help you or I do my best to help you. Right. Yeah. So yeah. again, it's, 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 it's just, it's a, uh, it's learning every day, man. Like 
to this day, I still like find myself trying to make it in this world. And dude, not a day goes by where I don't think about what happened on the 20th of June, 2014 at like 7 a.m. Not a day goes by. <laughs> yeah. And it, it's been in my brain ever, ever since then. But it's like, I don't know. It's, it's, it's weird. Cause like when I feel myself like wanting to be lazy and not do nothing, I think back to that day and I'm like, you can't be lazy. Cause you're not, you're not doing this for you. You're doing this for others. And I, I, to that extent, it was kind of weird. Cause uh, my mentality right now, it's like, I'm the guy that you put me in a circle and I'm going to fucking hug everybody. I'll be dancing. I'll be smiling doing my own weird thing. Right. <laughs> and my goal is to, cause like on, on active duty, I was always the guy like, Oh, do we got to walk 20 miles? Dude, it fucking sucks, dude. Y'all motherfuckers got taller <laughs> legs than I do longer legs than I do. And I'm sitting here with fucking Fu Manchu trying to fucking hike through the goddamn whatever the fuck we're hiking through. So everyone's just like, fuck. He's like, yeah. And then everyone laughs, right? So everyone laughs about that. And then it's like, hey, I just made half these fuckers that were like pissed off about something. You're laughing now. So fuck yeah. That's what I wanted. Because then again, like my mentality is not for me. It's for everybody else. Because I don't, again, I don't know what you're going through. I don't know what my friends are going through. But if I could, you know, make them smile some way, shape or form, let's do that. Let's 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 have everyone. It's a good day. It's a yeah. good day. Everyone is fucking smiling. I don't give a shit. If you're not so, smiling. God damn it. I'll make you fucking smile. <laughs> so I feel like I feel like making people smile is your I'm, I'm going to say specialty, right? Yeah, like like that. Guess, that's something yeah. that you've learned how to do. And that's something that, you know, you're good at. Did you always know that that making people smile and laugh was something that you were capable of? Or did you kind of grow into it? I think I grew into it. Um, obviously, like in high school, like I was, I did like the ASB stuff, so associate student body. So mm -hmm. I was the uh, my sophomore year is uh, ASB or no, I was the like seventh grade vice president, eighth grade or no, it was, sorry, it was like tenth grade VP, eleventh grade VP. Then my senior year, I was the associate student body vice president. So I was always kind of out there to like whatever, and I was always trying to make people laugh. And what, shit, I never did was funny as any anyway, but it was just like, <laughs> Mojo's making a fool of himself and it's it funny. It didn't matter, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it was like, whatever, I'm like, I don't care. And like, I was always the guy doing backflips, like in, in the commons of the high school, like I'd do a standing back tuck, I'd do a wall flip or something like a, a, a gainer or something weird, and everyone would be like laughing, woo! I'm like, yeah, it's like, oh, smile. I was like, hell yeah. And so I took that mentality, because like, obviously, misery loves company, dude. Like, you know that when mm -hmm. everyone's miserable, everyone feeds off that negative energy. And I always hated that. So whenever shit got bad, I found myself finding enjoyment and making other people laugh or other people smile. And I guess like with the Marine Corps, shit always fucking sucked. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> like stuff always was bad and stuff always sucked. And it was to that extent, it was not good. So I, I guess for the most part, it was learning that as the months and the days went on and stuff. So it was kind of interesting to say the very least of taking that mentality from the service back to what we're doing or what I try to do now. Right. And um, obviously, like, again, like the misery shit in the Marine Corps that helped re-solidify why I am the way I am yeah. because it was so, so it was so horrible. It was a negative all the time we had to wake up at three in the morning for a movement at seven, 7 AM. It's just like, this is dumb as shit, but God damn it. If I can make you laugh, it's not as bad. Right. <laughs> and then again, we, we don't, we, I don't do it for myself. It's for everybody else. And I guess to a, like a selfish, weird way, seeing them smile makes me smile. So True. then I'll do it too. You yeah, know what I mean? Yeah, it's not, yeah. yeah, it's not, it's not so noble where it's like, it's for them only, 
But it's like, oh, it's for me too, because if no motherfuckers laugh and smile, I'll fucking smile and laugh too. So it makes me feel fucking better. Fuck that, dude. So that's that's yeah, that's where it came from. So it's weird. Okay. Well, that's good to know. That's good to know because, like, you know, I feel like some people are still growing into themselves, right? Where they're understanding what it is that they're good at and how they can contribute. So it's always fun to hear how people felt like they developed that skill too, right? Like, because I feel like I'm kind of slowly getting into my own still, right? Like yeah. being able to like talk to people. So it's fun to hear that because, you know, kind of the point of the podcast, right? It's like, well, you know, if you can do it, like, how did you do it? How can I do it? Oh, I can make people laugh. I don't give a fuck about what people think about me. I'll, I'll, you know, I'll crack Dude, heck yeah, bro. Fuck them. Who cares? <laughs> so, okay. So before we move on, Mike, into the next chapter of what you did, is there anything that you feel like you learned throughout your time in the Marine Corps and I guess the recovery process that, you know, you don't typically or normally get out there that you feel is important for people to know or recommend kids going into the Marine Corps to be aware of? Um, I guess this applies to everything. Never settle for anything less than what you deserve. If it's not something you want to do, don't fucking do it. That's one. Don't just settle. Don't settle. That's one. Two, be, um, I guess to that extent, if don't ever be scared to ask for help. And that also applies to what we do now. If you need help with something, ask. Someone will be more than glad to help you. And it's just one of those things where it's like a lot of people try to take approach a, like a macho mentality of like, I don't need help. But it's like, nah, dude, like ask for help, get help. Get the assistance that you need, whether it be mental or just doing your fucking job. And the last thing, um, enjoy the memories, enjoy the moments with your friends and take those photos, take the pictures, take the video. I regret that to this day. I have a handful of photos from Afghanistan. I wish I would have taken more because that's memories. Yeah, That's memories I'm never going to get back. And that's in the back of my mind. And I love like... All my friends that sit in Discord, that's like this group chat we have, like, I'll, I'll be sharing my screen and I'll be like showing stuff from deployment. And it's like, man, they've seen these photos like 15 times because I ain't got no more. <laughs> <laughs> Shit, dude. I'm like, fuck. But it's reliving those glory days and it makes you feel good about the things you've accomplished in your life. Yeah. And it's just like, man, it's just one of those super weird things. But like, I've always, I always, um, yeah, I always tell dudes now, it's just like, hey, take the pictures, take the videos cherish those moments and never forget them okay. so that's the one thing i wish i would have done if you're a cop if you're in school no matter what if you're the marine corps it does not fucking matter go out there and fucking go get some like take the photos take the pictures <laughs> take the videos, do your fucking thing okay that's, what okay. I tell people. that's good advice okay so after you parted ways with the marine corps what what happened next you started doing you attempted school yeah so i went to i was like i'm gonna get out and I'm like, hell yeah. Went back to Washington State. And then um, I did uh, armed security at Boeing. That was like my first job out of the Marine Corps. I'm like, oh, $17.50 an hour. You're going to give me a gun. I'm going to sit in a car and watch airplanes at Boeing. And I'm like, wow, this environment is super toxic. I don't like it. So then I'm like, <laughs> nope. So I applied at the time. I was like, I'm just going to leave this job and go to school. So I went to Olympic College, which is here in Bremerton, Washington. Um, went to school there and did a liberal arts, which is like a general associates. Yep. Cause I had no idea what I was doing. And I'm like, <laughs> man, I remember I, I, I fucked up and I went to the goddamn, um, I went to, what was it? Introduction to mass media. And it was like, bro, <laughs> I was in there with a bunch of, I sat back in the, in the back of the class. I sat with the dudes that had a real tree camo on and the dudes that looked like they hunted. Cause I'm like, I vibe with you guys more than any other motherfuckers in this class. Right. And then they were talking about like the WikiLeaks thing where the Apache was in Iraq and it ended up shooting some people. 
and they were just talking so much shit. And I remember like my conceited asshole was kind of like teachers going around the room asking for opinions. And I'm like, yeah, it's weird because like, I've never been a college student. So I always shut my fucking mouth when it came to talking shit about college students. So I, cause I never knew I wasn't there. Um, and usually I would give the same courtesy for anything else. Like if you're not in the military, or you don't understand it versus talking shit and versus learning about it. I mean, you, most people would learn about what the hell's going on and see specifically criteria for certain things, but no, you guys are just bitching, but now I've done my due diligence. I'm in college. Now I see how you guys are. <laughs> now I could fucking talk shit and bitch about you guys. Yeah. And then the teacher pulled me aside. I was like, Hey, it's can't really talk like that here. I'm like, yeah, well, you're right. I apologize. I have to know my audience. You're like, fuck right. man. My bad. Fuck. Yeah. Man, fuck dude. Done. Sorry, bro. <laughs> and then after that, I was like, yeah, school's not for me. Fuck that. I was like, after being in that environment with those people, like, again, there were kids and so was I, I'm still a fucking kid. You know what I mean? But I was kind of like, I, I guess I grew, I was forced to grow up a little bit quicker. Sure. So realized that wasn't for me, but I, I still kept going to school, but I like, knew I wanted to do something else. So I, I applied for the department of defense, uh, police gig on, at a, on a Naval base here. And I got an amazing opportunity um while i was in school to attend um through a buddy of mine who was a cephalic comedian instructor as a special forces adventure from a combat school so i got to attend a, a school a once in a lifetime opportunity um they had me as a guest i wasn't there as an instructor i wasn't there they just had me like pretty much I, what john said um was pretty much like hey like would you like to come out to this training i'm like dude what's the catch he's like honestly like you shoot really decently i've seen you on instagram i've seen you on youtube or like seen you on the internet um, I just need you to humble some of the guys that are here. Some of these guys think that like they, they, they're untouchable. And I don't want that as a mentality for these pipe hitters. I'm like, dude, I don't think I can humble anybody. Like those dudes are. Yeah. Those are jitters. Yeah. Yeah. They're ODA dudes. They're like green berets. I'm like, holy shit. So I remember like, he was like, do you want to go or not? And I'm like, looked at my, I went to school and I looked at my teacher. I'm like, Hey, we missing class. I have some important uh, family matter to attend to. I'll be gone for like the next month, but can I just do my work online? She's like, yeah, we'll figure something out. Yeah. So I'm like, all right, bet, dude. So then um, started out, I went to um, the first group on JBLM. Uh, day one was like a written test that had the shit that I knew, like patrol, basic patrolling, uh, basic communications, call for fire, nine line medevac stuff. I'm like, oh my God, I know this. God, <laughs> oh my God. I can and pass then, this test. <laughs> yeah, and then after that, it was straight shooting, shooting and training and learning from these guys. And it was so amazing to see like how these guys' brains tick. And it, I was so humbled to be in their presence. And I was I was that kid, I was just like smiling. I'm just happy to be here. <laughs> like, oh my God. So, You're like, too, no fucking pressure. Yeah, I didn't give a shit, dude. I was like, this is fun. Like, I'm like, oh my God. And we did two weeks of flat range, two weeks of CQB. And that was just super fun. It was humbling. I got to shoot free ammo, brought my own guns there. Um, and it was, again, it was such a great opportunity and I was humbled to be there. And those dudes are some, some, uh, high class individuals. It, I never like met a green, Ber like green berets before until I was out there and spent like practically a month with them. Yeah. Um, I, I think the first day we were there at like eight. And then after that, the rest of the days, it was like 10 AM to 10 PM every day. Wow. So I was driving yeah. to and from every day, shooting a lot. Gosh, like I got. I credit a lot of my knowledge to those guys, those guys. They taught me quite a bit. I was able to teach onesies and twosies certain things like, oh, Mojo, how'd you reload the gun like that? I'm like, oh, I do it like this. And that's to the extent of why I barely helped them. Those guys did more for me. And they, they gave me a good mentality, like pushing forward in my, in my future endeavors. And 
I was really grateful for those guys. I hope all of them are doing well. I haven't really talked to any of them in a really long time. So if they ever fo- any of them follow me and you guys hear this, I appreciate <laughs> it. You guys have been a fucking class act. Those guys, they were so humble. It was, it was, it was, I was honored to be there and yeah, finished that thing up. And then freaking, uh, what was it? What was next? And, uh, ended up getting a job offer for the department of defense, which is a 0083 federal police officer. So I was like, one day I remember I was like driving around, went on base for some random stuff. And I saw these cops in police cars that were in civilian clothes. And I saw some in like the military uniform. I'm like, what the fuck is that? And then like, remember walking up to one of the guys, I'm like, Hey, are you like, like you're a civilian cop or are you in the military? Like, Oh, we're not military. I'm like, what are you? I'm like, Oh, we're a civilian component to the law enforcement on base. I'm like, Oh, what does that mean? They're like, well, <laughs> like that, pretty man. much like I was like, what is what is this? And then they educated me and I'm like, this is kind of cool. So I applied. And then finally, I got I got the gig there. I went to my first police academy, which was at the Federal Law Enforcement Training Center in Artigia, New Mexico for the Uniform Police Training Program. So I was in the same academy with Secret Service, Capitol Police, us, Pentagon Police, a bunch of other different organizations. Um, a lot of the law enforcement gigs there are mainly derived from a force protection mindset and it gives like the posse comitatus with whole like military can't govern law enforcement like govern civilians type stuff we were civilians so we could enforce law we enforcing state law stuff under the 18 us code which is a federal like federal like, federal laws and stuff like that so i got a lot of experience there and i was i was glad to be i got all shit talked about me quite a bit because i was a base cop and i'm like i don't mm-hmm. care one day i'll be in a police car next day i'll be at a gate and um, i learned a lot about myself in terms of people skills because i talked to like 600 people a day Right. So it's like, you know, you learn, you learn a lot about yourself real quick. So, um, that carried on to my current like police gig. Now, um, that, that last PD, I paid my own way through SWAT school, did as many courses I could, went to, uh, my, uh, uh, patrol rifle instructor and handgun instructor courses, uh, went through Safari land for that stuff and SWAT basic through the guys at ripcord training. Um, my buddy, Steve and Zach, good human beings, good dudes, both SWAT guys. Um, they taught me a lot and it was amazing. And obviously mentors along the way. And then now my current PD. So now it's just like, I'm living the dream, man. I, I got a good boss. <laughs> I got a good area that I work in. I got great coworkers and dude, I can't bitch. I cannot bitch at all, man. <laughs> yeah. So it, it feels like uh, the transition into law enforcement was pretty organic, right? I mean, or did you, did you come out of the, uh, I guess after that class course that you were part of humbling folks, did you know, like, Hey, I need to go down the police, the police route, law enforcement, or I think I've always wanted to do the law enforcement thing after the military. Cause I, it was the closest thing to the military that wasn't the military. So <laughs> it's like, you have a, a rank structure or organization, chain of command, um, a brotherhood, a family. And I definitely wanted to do that. And I guess like to the extent, right. So join the Marine Corps to like make a difference. Like, dude, I've never felt so good about what we did as an organization, like Afghanistan was a huge, right? So it's like 9-11, I was sitting in Pusan, Korea, watching both my parents cry over a TV. Yeah. And I was in first grade, whatever year it was, that's the grade I was in. So 2006, I was in sixth grade, 2007, I was in seventh grade, whatever. So, mm-hmm. um, and I got to essentially be part of the same like era that my, my dad served during 9-11. And obviously like as years went on to deployments, back and forth towards the Persian Gulf and other places like that. And he was indir- indirectly supporting the global war on terror. And I'm like, holy shit, I get to do that too. Like that was a completely humbling experience of being able to like, I guess, have a direct effect on those motherfuckers that flew the planes in the Twin Towers. And like, I had that direct, be able, I guess, 
like you know like when you serve your country it's like hey your service is great like everyone everyone serves to some way shape or form but i felt like i was doing something legit like where i was like hey these people that had a essentially a tie into this i'm putting them into the fucking ground so are the homies so that was like wow so then i was like oh law enforcement i guess translates to that where it's like i get to make an effect on the community that i live in versus like the, the nation as a whole so it's like I don't know. I never, I never thought I would ever be a cop, but the next thing you know, I was one and or like, I wanted to take that route. And it was tough, man. Like actually like I applied for like multiple agencies and never got a call back. Yeah. And a part of the problem was like at the time. So during my rehab of like learning to freaking stand up straight again, one thing I realized was working pretty well was shooting. I was like, that's what that is. When I started the Instagram was in 20, early 2015 because we came back from afghanistan november of 2014 um went home on leave i came back i brought a uh it was funny i went to jblm i was a 19 year old kid with my dad at the gun counter at joint base loose mccord and the lady wouldn't let me handle the gun because i was too young <laughs> you're like and i'm like are you fucking you have no me? idea yeah you know, i'm like this is fucking stupid and i remember like throwing a bitch fit and i was just like su- i was super entitled she was just doing her job and i was i was an asshole and i'm like i just got done shooting motherfuckers overseas and you're gonna tell me i can't hold the gun how ass backwards is that <laughs> and i was like my dad is like leave i'm like i'm like dad like he's like get out of the store i'm like god damn it so i went hung out with my mom and electronics and we walked back um, to the car. And then I see the associate with a Glock box and my dad with her. And then I'm like, what the fuck? He's like, there you go. I bought you a gun. I'm like, God damn it, dad. Yes. So he's like, she didn't let you touch it, but I just bought it for you. So he, in the state of Washington, you can gift a gun to somebody. So dad gifted me my first Glock or my first gun, my, my first gun, my first handgun, which is a Glock 19 gen four. And I remember the base was super liberal so they only had california compliant guns so i had three 10 round magazines <laughs> oh man that was i thought i was the coolest cat in the world dude i'd carry that thing with a black hawk serper on my hip living like a badass and shit but that gun came back with me to north carolina and i was um like i started the instagram channel there um and that started because i was shooting like, i had a buddy that i was um in the in my unit with and he was like hey i lived in wilmington which is like 45 minutes or an hour away from Jacksonville, North Carolina. He's like, Hey, anywhere in Wilmington, just go to the woods and shoot. I'm like, all right, that dude went out to the woods. Next thing you know, fucking some lady comes out speeding a truck. It's like, you're fucking trespassing. I'm like, Oh shit. I'm, what? I'm like, Oh my God. And I was like panicking. It's like, I'm calling the law. I'm like, Oh fuck. I'm like, Oh shit. <laughs> so, um, she ended up getting the cops out there and this, this cop came up and he's like, I got it from here, ma'am. You can leave. He's like, he was like, man, we dodged a good one. Didn't we devil dog? I'm like, <laughs> what he's like dude i was a gunny at cherry point i'm like oh fuck it's semper fi gunny i was like oh my god i was freaking the fuck out that i was gonna get someone's cousin or some weird shit that's like this is donnie law like oh fuck and he was like no dude what are you doing i'm like honestly i'm just trying to train i came back from afghanistan and like shooting i guess i picked up pretty naturally so i was like just trying to like do the stuff that i've watched on all the dvds from magpul dynamics and stuff (laughs) and he's like dude i got i got i got one for you give me your contact info give me his contact info the next day which was a monday he gave me a call he's like hey man it's deputy so-and-so with the i forgot what sheriff's office he was with he's like hey i'm gonna put you in contact with a buddy of mine roy he runs the onslow county like was it onslow county or yeah it was uh i think it was Onslow. i forgot what county it was but uh, he's like he runs the pd range 
So I gave the guy a call. Nice. I was like, hey, he's like, Mr. Roy Murray was like, hey, man, hey, Mojo, uh, you want to come on over to my house uh, this weekend and we'll have a nice conversation. I'm like, all right, sounds good, dude. So I walked, I drove over there, got to his house, and we instantly clicked. This dude was an older school guy, but he's in the know of the more recent training stuff. And so sure. he's like, I like you. Um, there's like a 500 person wait list for the range, but I'm gonna give you a key. I'm like, fuck. what the fuck? Didn't have to pay a single thing. <laughs> so I had full access to a PD range. That's awesome. Um, yeah. For the next two years, practically I was in North Carolina. Okay. And that's where all the videos started. That's where I was recording shit. And I would, I wanted to put it somewhere to make room, make, make space on my phone. So I was putting them on YouTube. Like yeah. I have a couple of videos that were old school videos on YouTube. And then I started to Instagram and I, watched like true exodus and all these videos i'm like i'm mimic that i'm gonna copy that shit make the videos with the music and a bunch of cool shit and then i realized i'm like oh damn like this is actually taking off pretty well yeah and i had followers people started following me people started hitting me up and next thing you know that's how it started and so you literally started it just to get shit off your phone like that's yeah. it <laughs> yeah dude it was weird because i'm like hey if i make this dope 15 second video i could summarize the range day take all the 15 videos off my phone and have it on an internet platform being Instagram. So yeah. if I want to look at it again, just go to Instagram real quick and just click on it. And then I'll, now the space is gone on my phone. I don't have to worry about it anymore. I'm like, that's fucking legit. <laughs> yeah, that's how it started. And I completely went on a tangent. So I'm so sorry. No, you're good. No, that's that's honestly, you're, you're following kind of my train of thought of, of questions. I want to so you're answering things as I go. Um, <laughs> that's pretty sweet. So when you started it, I mean, did you like have a plan i mean were you like hey i'm gonna start this for shits and giggles and just get shit off my phone and lo and behold now you're you're doing big things like what was there any goal no there wasn't a goal it was just to like shoot guns and share it with people i guess for the most part get obviously get off my phone but then once it started catching on because like obviously the shooting thing was designed for me to like gain my dexterity back sure my hand strength and all this other stuff and so um, I thought the best way for that was shooting. Cause like, I don't, I, I'm a drummer by trade. So I'm a musician by trade. Mm -hmm. So I have a, I have a drum set sitting in the corner. I get like nine guitars in the house, a bass, a piano. I got everything. So, um, like in high school, I was a percussionist. So I always did the whole drum set stuff. I did drum covers. They're on YouTube. If you go to Mihilio 101, which is my old YouTube channel, there's still old covers on there from a long time ago nice. where I'd have mics on every drum. I'd, play the track in my headphones, play along with the track, do my thing, and then put the both together the video, audio, and then puts the cover on YouTube. That's, That's cool. what I was doing back in the day. Yeah. yeah. That taught me a lot about like four-way independence of my right foot does something different. My left foot, my right hand, my left hand, opening, closing my feet, doing different things like that. Um, and I attribute a lot of my shooting ability because of me, like my original thing of being a musician. Then I picked up guitar, like, you know, bringing my guitar to like the, the junior high and the high school, like when I was still going to school, I would bring my guitar to, to school and I'd play in the commons and during lunch and stuff like that. And everyone would be singing like that's the kind of shit that I, I would do. And like it was it was fun and like learning how to like do the chords from A, B, C, D, E, F, G and all this other crazy stuff. And like I learned that stuff. So that gave me a lot of the dexterity, but I didn't have any of the musical instruments with me when sure. I was in like, other than a guitar. I'm like, hey, let's pick let's do shooting, obviously, because like I was heavily inspired by like Travis Haley and the Magpul DVDs. On deployment watch that shit before patrol Woo, get pumped <laughs> like, you know, they, yeah yeah freaking check the mag flip the mag out insert the mag slap the bolt release like oh that's hype dude that's cool as shit <laughs> me and the homies i had a hard drive and we would me and like 10 other dudes in the company would just sit there and watch the magical dvds and i'm like yeah this is dope <laughs> this is it but no there wasn't a goal man uh it was just a. it's something that caught and i just yeah. rode the wave 
it was it was interesting. Like I learned a lot of about myself and my shooting ability. Nick Young, Spartan NC out of North Carolina, uh, was my first ever class I attended with a solo defense group with Aaron. Like all those dudes, like went to the class, and I'm like, hey, like I wanted to attend this rifle two class, um, but it says I need a prerequisite of rifle one. And um, Nick Young watched my videos. Like you can go to rifle two, you're good. You don't need yeah. a rifle one class. I'm like oh, I bet, dude. Showed up to the class, had a blast, learned a lot about like what really goes into shooting and the intricacies behind it. And I'm like, holy crap, this is really cool. Yeah. Very analytical. And I've always been the guy that like, I could listen to a song and within 10 minutes, I'll be able to play it on a guitar for you or play it on drums for you. That's so sweet. same thing with shooting. I could watch you do something and I will isolate movements. So like when Travis would do like a transition from rifle to pistol, I'd watch his left hand and repeat that video like 15 times. Watch his left hand only. Watch his left hand. Watch his left hand. Now can I go back to watch his right hand. Watch his right hand. What's the hand doing? Where he delegates his task as he's when he shoots. As soon as the gun goes dry, see his thumb do this, his right hand do a weird twitch, which was disengaging the safety or engaging the safety. Boom. His left hand would guide the gun down. As soon as it meets that threshold, start guiding it down. I watch his right hand defeat the retention on his pistol. And as soon as the pistol's out, he's delegating, he's eliminating his support hand grip from the rifle, meeting it with his primary hand, and he's coming out to shoot. And I would watch, that's how we would learn. I, I would watch these videos of all these dudes. And I'm like, when I learned proper grip, it was through a YouTube video. When I learned uh, proper trigger control, it was through a YouTube video. Like I sucked so much at the beginning that I had to float my rear side on my Glock to the right because I kept hitting left. I kept hitting low left. So I took my rear side on my Glock and pushed it to the right and I was hitting straight. <laughs> and when I finally realized that I was doing something like I was, I, I was the fucked up one, then the gun started fucking shooting its own direction. I realigned the sights and we were good to go. Like. That's yeah, I used to be very bad, but I obviously I learned and bought a lot of ammo and spent a lot of money on ammo to, to get better because I was like, this is fun. Like, this is really cool being able to shoot like all these seven different fundamentals come together in order for you to achieve one shot, just like with precision, right? Like you have one shot that cold war shot or that that shot that's out to an unknown distance where you do your data, you do your calculations to figure out how far is the target? What are my holds? What's the variables? Wind, barometric pressure, all these other things and like, all right. I got one shot, watch that thing fly and then ting. it's dope as shit. It's, 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 it gives yeah, it's you that satisfying. endorphin release. It's very yeah. satisfying. I, I take the same thing and apply it to a handgun, but in a more obviously expeditious manner where it's like, all right, what needs to go in at seven yards where I need to draw and defeat three forms of retention on the holster, get the gun up to where I can see the sights, start pressing that trigger, track the gun smoothly in recoil and put six rounds in that target under, under two seconds. Yeah. All, right, all right, my left hand's got to do this. My right hand's got to do this. I'm like, all right, cool, bet. Beep. Pow, 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 pow. I'm like, oh my God, that worked. Oh, Jesus Christ. <laughs> <laughs> That's what it would be. It's like, holy shit, this is weird. So like, yeah. yeah, very, very analytical in that aspect. Like Travis is huge on like, like the, your neuromuscular stuff and like your, your timing and the way you, your muscles engage and uh, pronation, supination, big words. For me, I'm just like, bang. this makes sense because when you lock it out, you can't move it. So when the gun's in there, it's like an advice. All right, got it. Makes sense. <laughs> that's how I, that's how I approach it. And usually I could, I guess, to an extent, relay that to people yeah. where it's like, Hey, so I want you to feel this. Do you feel that you feel how your wrist is locked out there? Like, yeah, that's what you need to achieve versus like telling them a bunch of words. Like again, Travis is smart and he's done the work to figure that shit out. I haven't, 
but I know what makes sense to myself and hopefully I can help everyone else. make sense. To, make sense to, yeah. Make, that seems like, is that pretty well received? Like with folks that you're teaching training, showing how, Oh yeah. yeah. Um, yeah. I've, I've taught some like official unofficial classes. Like my first police Academy, um, I was in our teacher mix. I ended up teaching a class to Roswell SWAT, Carlsbad SWAT team as well too. Both SWAT teams reached out to me because uh, one dude at Carlsbad PD was like, Oh my God, mil spec mojo's here at the Academy. That's 30 minutes down the road. We had weekends off. He hit me up. I took him out to the range once. He went back to his Sergeant and his Sergeant was like, yo, this kid, you need to watch him on Instagram, watch my videos. And next thing was like, yeah, can you see Phil teach a class, the SWAT team? So I had the, the SWAT commander, um, both team leaders, a sniper and a canine handler and another two other, I think another patrol guy, it was like six of them. And we all just, I kicked them a brief class for about four or five hours of like, Hey, like, tactics are your own department SOP. I have my own mentality of tactics, obviously. Mm-hmm. I'm just going to make sure that I could help supplement that stuff. Like uh, my goal is to get you guys, whatever you want to shoot at, be able to do that. And whatever mechanics and whatever efficiency you need to take at, take away from that. Let's do that. So it'll aid you in your tactics where you're shooting on the move, you're shooting from vehicles, whatever. So let's do all this stuff. So like we'll run through movement. We'll run through basic fundamentals, like more like an advanced fundamentals, but sure. there's not, I, don't, I take that back. There's not really an advanced fundamentals. There's fundamentals. It's like accelerated, right? It's doing it quicker. Sure. And then one of my academy instructors was like, hey, man, I used to work at Roswell PD and you look familiar. You're on the internet. Are you down to like kick a class to my old PD SWAT guys? I'm like, sure. So there's like three or four of them that came out, SWAT commander and other patrol guys that were on SWAT. So I went to like a steel match and I shot the match with them. Once it was done, we had another four hours in a separate bay where I was running them through a bunch of stuff and making sure that they, again, like my goal as an instructor is to make you self self-efficient or self self like not not reliant on anybody else so self-sufficient right so it's like after i teach you my mentality and where it derives from and how to diagnose certain things you shouldn't need another one of me you figure that shit on your own sure save your fucking money sure. like that's my goal so like now those classes were free the only paid class i ever think i did was from cogworks when i worked for them um it was a little bit too much for me like it was not like money wise but it was a little bit too much in terms of like and there's 25 students to two instructors. That was not, I don't, I felt, I felt like I cheated everybody. Um, oh, they yeah. obviously they've gotten, they've gotten a lot. The Cogworks is such a great organization and all those dudes are phenomenal instructors, very good shooters. Well, made like amazing backgrounds and stuff that just from my mentality. It's like, when I go out shooting, I only bring three or four people so I can help them. Right. I can't delegate myself to go down the line for 25 students. It's like, fuck. Cause then there are some people like I barely saw Mojo and I'm like, I feel bad. Like you paid your money to come out here and learn a thing or two. And if you wanted to get some one-on-one time with Mojo, that's the least I can do. Right. But I wasn't able to give them that. And now the rest of the class, like, uh, recently had some, uh, dudes, we had, a, a some training here, um, Washington state at the CJTC, the criminal justice training center, mm-hmm. had some dudes from a uh, union gap police department came out and shot with me, kicked him a little thing through. And then we actually did an organized class with my buddy, Sam, uh, buddy Brian, my other buddy, uh, Nate, we all went out to Seattle PD and kicked them a class for um, some of the guys over there. It was like 15 students. And it was a pro bono class. It was free. I don't, I'm like, I have a full-time job for a reason. I have side income, other places and stuff. Um, the teaching portion, it's like a lot of people want to talk shit about cops. Like they can't fucking shoot. And I'm like, yeah, they, they, a lot of them can't. And I understand that for mm-hmm. sure. So it's my turn to try to my best to help them. Because a lot of sure. them, hey, they have other hobbies. They have other things they like to do. Um, they're probably, they probably speak really good to people to the point where they've never had to pull their gun out on duty because they do such a good job of 
using their words. Yeah. Yeah. De-escalating and other things are like, Hey man, they're huge on defensive tactics. So shooting's not the priority for me. I like shooting. So I shoot it. I shoot guns. You know what I mean? Like I don't like driving as much like, you know I mean? You know, EVOC is fun. Like emergency vehicle operations is fun, but I don't go out to a track and do whatever. Practice, but some yeah. people would argue that like, Hey, that's a really important aspect of the job too. So it's not my thing. So if I can offer like the training for free, fuck it, I'm down. Yeah. If I, as long as I get the time to do it, I get ammo for it. We're, we're good. Like I got stockpiles of ammo still. And I bring that to the trainings. If I have training somewhere <laughs> else, I bring my own ammo and it's like, Hey, just give me a range and then let's do it. Let's have fun. And a lot of the classes aren't structured, not even remotely. Like I'll, I'll look at everybody. We'll do like an opening drill and based on the successes and the failures of the opening drill, that's how I start. We'll do drills to support those things that everyone fucked up on. Oh, okay. Or it's like, oh, that's you, cool. you sucked at shooting primary hand. So hey, the next drill will focus on primary hand. Oh, we started to see that everyone has some issue with slide lock reloads where they're staring at the target, not staring at the gun. We'll do a lot of reload eccentric drills to help with that. So it's not like where I have a full on listen plan. Hi, good morning, everybody. My name is Sergeant Don Enrico T. Mejio, and your next period of instruction will be on this. Like, <laughs> fuck that. Hey, you suck at this. So do I. Let's go fucking work on it, bro. Like, that's, yeah. that's how I free form my classes. <laughs> yeah. so is there is there a long-term goal to, to do structured classes or or you like the idea of just like hey i'm here i'm here to teach i'm here to share knowledge and fucking if i'm here and free we're we're killing it yeah i mean honestly right now that's where my mind's at but obviously some dudes in, in that mentors of mine have been like hey like don't sell yourself short mm-hmm. yeah and i'm like for sure and like i don't think i'm anything special to the point where i need to be charging people for classes i'm not anyone special yeah i'm just a dude i'm i'm a cop like i'm i am i'm a cop i am not a firearm instructor first i am not anything else i mean obviously family man whatever the case may be but like my 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 daytime job is a cop so as long as i could still do my cop shit the teaching stuff is just side stuff for me and it's fun i enjoy it i enjoy watching the light bulb click and i enjoy watching students be able to accomplish a goal that they had and that's that's been my favorite part now let's say i retire from law enforcement or law enforcement's not a thing and that's my that's no longer my primary source of income then sure like firearms instruction or something like that could come into play um but then at that point in time it's just like i feel bad charging somebody 500 for a class sure or 200 for a class it's weird to me i i'm just like some dudes like hey can i pay you for private lessons or you can just come shoot with me dude like <laughs> come on <laughs> hang out bro just gonna hang out with the homies you know and that's that's how i've tried to approach it and it keeps things very cordial to the point where it's like Oh yeah, by the way, I need you to pay about me $250 for a class, by the way. Yeah. I need you to do this. And it's like, fuck that. Just go shoot. Or like, I'll even like open up my Instagram messenger, people asking for help. I'll sit here and make a video about like what you need to do. Other instructors be like, no, you charge them for that. I'm like, no, let's do it like that. It's easier. <laughs> Less work. Too, too much. Yeah. yeah. Too much. Too much work. Oh God. <laughs> yeah. So that, but, yeah. Nothing right now. So that's, yeah. It's just like, it's fun. I, I keep everything fun. Yeah. As long as it's still fun, I'll continue to do it. That's cool. I support that and respect the fuck out of that. That is oh, for yeah. sure. <laughs> I appreciate it. So I have I think I've got one more question and you've got you've got you've alluded to it a couple of times and it's it's mentors. So how how have you I guess how do you define mentors as you've seen it? And then how have you been able to to pick them? Because that's something I hear people talk about occasionally, and it's always fun to ask because everybody sees and talks about it differently. Differently, yeah. Um, I don't, oh, dude, I don't, you know, what's funny. I don't even, I don't even know. <laughs> like, so, <laughs> surprise, bah, we're done. We're done. I'm kidding. Um, so, uh, 
So I guess for the most part, like Travis Haley was one of my first ones, um, at least in this industry wise, right? So like someone that I, I looked up to, someone that I'm like, I want to be where you're at, that I want to surpass that if I can. Um, I'm naturally, I'm a lazy human being. Mm, we all so are. <clears throat> part of the reason why I don't have curriculums is because I'm too lazy to make one. <laughs> you know what I mean? So, but like, I look at Travis Haley and I'm like, dude, they had an illustrious career and he shoots well, he talks well. I want to be like that. Yeah. So then obviously we see it on the internet. Dudes will be like, oh shit, dude, you shoot really well. What shoes are you wearing? Oh, dude, you shoot really well. What vest are you wearing? <laughs> like they'll start to emulate certain things. And I did the same thing with Travis. Like I would copy what his vest was, his belt was. And I'm like, damn. And I would just listen to him speak in the way he'd articulate certain things. I'm like, I like, I like that about him a lot. Yeah. And then now it's to the point where we're peers. Like I, I call him, I text him and we sit on the phone for like, three, four hours. And it's fucking weird that I'm in that position now. It's just like, holy crap. And then I get to ask him a lot of life advice. And the guy we have, we share a lot of the similar mentality. Like, uh, I, I guess we want to carry ourselves and we want to progress in life. Mm -hmm. And I guess that's like the best way to put it. It's like people that you look up to people that you want to be like, but I always say like this, like people always go like, one day I want to be as fast as you. It's like, no, don't be as fast as me. Be better than me. Be faster than me. Yeah. Like, that's what you, that's what your goal should be. Demolish me, bury me in the fucking dirt, dude. Like, absolutely. I'm not going to be as fast as I am in the next 10 years. You never know. I mean, I could do my best to keep up, but, um, I guess that's the way to look at it. The people that you want to, that you, you vibe with. Like, it's like when you look at certain people and when you talk to certain people, you know, you have that like connection, that vibe. Right. And if it's somewhere where I want to be, I will look at them as somewhat of a mentor based on how they speak, based on how they carry themselves and based on how they progress through their day-to-day -day operations sure um that's why like in the law enforcement world like my chief is a fucking badass i got some supervisors from the county that are amazing and dudes i'm like i want to be like that like the way you are with people that's how i want to be where it's like i don't have to rest on every fucking single warrant because that dude's just trying to fucking make it right he's just trying to survive dude the dude just wants to he's obviously the dude's broke and he got no money of course you can't pay for gas to do x y and z you can't do certain things and i'm like hey you're just trying to make it um mentors of mine will also agree with me when I say this, like, Hey, be a man and go get that shit taken care of. And I'll hopefully I won't see you again, dog. It's like, all right, bye. Yeah. And like my mentors taught me shit like that. My mentors taught me like, Hey, like my buddy, uh, Ryan Johnson is a SWAT guy out of Vegas. Um, the dude is one of in my law enforcement career. I ask him so many questions about like, Hey, what, if this happens, what do you do? If something like this occurs, what would you do? How would you handle this? And he taught me a lot about like, the way I police now, I would credit it to him and some other some other guys, obviously, like a lot of dudes in this industry that I've like talked to quite a bit about like the cop stuff. But Ryan's taught me a lot about a human being. And like, I remember one day at SHOT Show, we were sitting there at his couch and we were all like, people always brag about the times that they pointed a gun at somebody, the time they take somebody, the time they did X, Y, and Z. But people don't ever brag about the times where you did your job super, so well, the point you didn't have to do any of that stuff. Yeah. You know what I mean? And that's, that's, that's a culture shift, right? I mean, some people may not agree with it. Some people do whatever, but my part of my job right now, the best things that the most fun I have now is like going out there and talking to people mm -hmm. and just having these conversations. Cause then for them, it puts down this wall where it's like, Oh, it's a cop wall goes up, but then they see this short little five foot four Filipino like, Hi guys, how are you? And then they're like, Oh, hi. I'm like, what you guys up to? You guys just hanging out today? Like, yeah. I'm like, don't worry. I'm not looking for you. I'm actually looking for him. Ha ha. And they're like, Oh no. Like, yeah, it's funny. Jokes on you. 
Um, but then having these conversations and so like my mentors taught me that shit and it's, it's worked out really well for me. And I mean, my mentors have never stored me, like steered me in the wrong direction because we, we share the same mentality. Yeah. We have this, we have essentially the same goals and it's just like, they're more experienced or more seasoned than I am in certain realms and aspects of life and career fields. Um, so I essentially try my best to emulate their footsteps, follow in their footsteps, or maybe change some things as we go on. But that's how I defined it. Just someone that I've looked up to. And again, it's, it's a very weird answer and it's kind of like, not what most people expect to hear, but it's just like, if I've looked up to you, the odds are I've taken something from you and I will consider you a mentor of mine. Yeah. Yeah. That's a perfect answer. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> awesome, man. Well, I don't want to take your whole night up, but if people want to get a hold of you, you're super busy. How 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 can people get a hold of you? Um, I you? do my best to respond um, to DMs. Actually, I want to I want to preface this real quick. So, um, this last weekend we got to do an airsoft event, um, and we we I I reached, I got a hold of uh, Owen Lopez. Owen Lopez is a young eighteen year old kid whose brother was one of the Marines that was killed in Afghanistan in Kabul. So, um, I had hit up Owen and I'm like, hey, can you call me? He's like, oh shit, it's Mojo. I'm like, yeah, can you call me? So like, we got we got on the phone and he's like, dude, my brother would be freaking the fuck out if I was talking to you right now. And I'm like, I started crying on the phone. I just sat there and started like bawling my eyes out. It's this kid's com- complete, cool, calm, collective composure. And um, I was like, are you okay? And he's like, I'm, I'm fine. I'll make it. I'll be okay. And I'm like, dude, do you want to come play Airsoft with us? He's like, bet i'm like who's gonna be there i'm like do travis haley myself he was like fuck it say no more i'm there so this kid was like fuck it we're going so he ended up going to arizona with us um we we uh travis was gave us a star treatment took us around hsp and everything like that um and then i remember talking to owen and i'm like dude i feel bad he's like why what's up i'm like and i started tearing up a little bit i'm like your brother had messaged me a bunch of times and i was super short with his answers and i wish i wasn't and it's kind of selfish because I'm only saying this because he obviously passed away and it made me really dig deep about like how much do these fucking cell phones actually mean, you know, because right. there are dudes that look up. I mean, it's weird to think of, but there are dudes that look up to me and I look up to people and we all look up to somebody. We want to emulate somebody. And it it sometimes it gets hard to answer the direct messages because there's so many. And like I'm I'm a squirrel, dude. I got like my like, ooh piece of candy. Ooh, piece of candy. Ooh, the light's on. I got to turn that bright up. I got to turn it up a little bit more. It's like you get caught up in the day-to-day bullshit. And it's, it's sometimes it's very hard to respond to the direct messages. But that moment that I had with Owen made me really realize like these DM there's, I mean, we, we all know it, but there's somebody on that other end of that phone that's taken the time out of their day to ask you a goddamn fucking question. Like they're, and to the point where they look up to you enough or they care about your opinion enough to ask you these questions. And I kind of like slap myself in the face because I'm like, fuck, dude, I'm that asshole that sometimes I don't respond to these DMs. Sometimes I'm like, hey, look it up on Google. I'm like, dude, that's a fucking asshole ass response. And I I apologize if you've ever been one of those dudes that I've ever talked to. And I'm like, hey, you look it up on Google. I'm like, I am sorry. Like, that's fucked up of me. And I'm, I apologize for that right now. And I'm going to do my best to respond to the messages on on Instagram and YouTube, but I, I mean, and sometimes it sucks because like I'm busy with work, I'm I'm tired. I just don't feel like being my on my phone because obviously the reason why this shit's still fun to me is because I don't turn it into work. Yeah. It's still fun because I enjoy it. I enjoy talking to people. I enjoy shooting the guns and editing the videos. And the mail, the moment that 
I turn this into work, I'm not going to want to do it anymore. So it's still fun to me, but I wanted to share that story with Owen. Um, cause, uh, uh, Hunter, he bought a buddy's pair of shoes. He bought Grim, uh, Ryan Johnson, my buddy, he bought Grim shoes. He bought his shoes from him and I was helping that. And he sent me pictures of him like doing training. Um, and he's like, dude, we're out here getting it. All the, all the guys. And I watch your videos. We fucking love you. And I'm like, dude, thank you. I appreciate it. And that's all I said. And I was like, fuck. And next thing you know, I'm like, when I saw the names, I'm like, I recognize that name. And I looked it up. And I'm like, yeah, we've talked quite a bit before. And I know Owen was like, dude, all these dudes that were hurt, like they're fans of yours. So he was like FaceTiming me with, um, he FaceTimes his bunnies that were in like at Walter Reed at the hospital. Yeah. And I, they'd hand me the phone and be like, oh my God, it's Mojo. I'm like, dude, I'm honored to be talking to you. Fuck you, bro. <laughs> like, <laughs> who fucks Mojo? Fucking who, who, like, you're cool as shit, dude. Like, you just goddamn, what you want, you like, you, you served the goddamn country and got hurt doing it. Like, God fucking bless you and your family yeah. for raising such a fuck. Your, your parents were raising such a fucking badass. Like, dude, fuck yeah. And I don't know. Sorry, I went on a tangent about that one real quick, but it no, was just one of those good. things where it's like, if you are, if you have a massive following on Instagram or YouTube or something, man, like, think about what I said and just take the time to respond to those messages. If you can, obviously you're busy with life. Everyone's got different shit going on, but if it takes that extra 30 seconds, like it could mean a lot to somebody, but if they want to get a hold of me, Instagram is the best way. Um, it's been interesting to see, like I go to work now and people have gotten glimpses of my badge and see, I know I get my work email gets blown up from dudes on Instagram that are cops. Like, Hey man, I saw your, uh, saw your PD's email. I'm like, how the, fuck did you know what pd i was with? oh i saw a little glimpse that was like it was like a cunt hair of a glimpse i'm like how the fuck like, damn, dude, what the hell? all right respect so people have found ways to get a hold of me usually the best way is through instagram and then um and i'll do my best to answer questions and i haven't done one of the the q a things in a long time because i'm always like one of those one of those guys i'm like oh look at me i'm so fancy ask me questions and i'll respond to them oh <laughs> so everyone else can see them too but it's like i used to think that way but i'm now i'm like no, because if you ask a question, it's like in school, right? The one person that raises her hand, you're like, oh, well, so many others do. Yeah. yeah, it's like, yeah, it's like, thank you for answering, asking that question, because I would have never known. And I <laughs> I, I wasn't going to raise my hand. So it's like, all right, so I, I may do a Q&A or a live video one of these days here so I can answer a lot of the questions that people are asking. Like, I get like, what's your height? Um, by four. What gun do you carry? Glock 17 Gen 5 stock internals with an 8-point acro and an X300. Like, those are the questions that I'd be getting all the time. <laughs> so I'm always like, man, because it, sometimes it sucks because, like, you'll get 10, 10 questions in a row that are the exact same fucking question. I'm like, yeah, yep. damn it. So I had to copy and paste it. And I'm like, shit. <laughs> but, yeah, that's how they can get a hold of me. Okay. Awesome, man. Well, I am fresh out of questions. Is there anything? Because I, I respect the hell out of you, man. Is there anything that you want to get out there that you want to share that you've learned? Anything you feel is important to uh, to to get out into the internet? Enjoy the time with your friends. Uh, don't focus so much on you know the daily grind of trying to save money and do X, Y, and Z. Obviously, have something there to catch you if you fall type deal but go enjoy life man like the those moments where you're you sit there trying to save for something you want fucking get it man your happiness is worth more than anything else in the world right yeah. so it'll that happiness is infectious and will uh will be contagious to everybody else around you like you being excited about getting a pair of night vision like my buddy brian <laughs> bought pbs 31s we give him crap about it every day but guess what None of he us. Excited. Yeah. He's excited, man. And he's happy. And I'm like, dude, heck yeah. Like 
the buy buy the gun that you want. Obviously, everyone's got budgets and stuff like that. You stick within your budget, but go. You enjoy to take care of yourself once in a while. Yeah. Get the ice cream cone. Get the soda. Go out with your friends. Enjoy the laughs. Enjoy the time that you have here, because it takes someone that doesn't give a shit about you or anything you've done in your life to take that away from you. Yeah. So you go and have fun. You hug your wife. You hug your kids. You hug your parents. Spend time. Call your mom and dad today. Call some friends and just dude, just enjoy life and smile. That's that's all I gotta say, man. I love it. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> awesome, man. Well, I appreciate you. Thank you. I appreciate you guys. Thank you for having me here again. I appreciate it. It's humbling, man. Thank you. Well, Don, once again, dude, I appreciate the living hell out of you. You are an awesome dude. I enjoyed our conversation. I look forward to hopefully keeping in touch uh, as time goes on and interacting a little bit more. But for those of you that listened, I hope you all enjoyed this conversation. Maybe you took some stuff away as far as uh, maybe getting into the Marine Corps, working through it, getting into some of the instructing world, or maybe finding some good ways to get connected or fine-tuning your skills to uh, become the next uh, badass behind a rifle or a pistol. Uh, but that being said... Um, Uh, Please be sure to check us out on uh, Instagram and uh, like, subscribe, and review the show. But otherwise, you all have a wonderful day, and we'll catch you next time. 